Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include Pause Not Stop My interview with First Signature Lendings, Matt Bridgman, on all aspects of the construction to permanent space. And where did the economy goes from here? Oh, plus, a guest joke. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for today's modern lenders. Nexus Closing delights home buyers with a convenient single sign-on experience that makes it possible to close a loan from anywhere. With workflows that support traditional, hybrid, and full e-closings, the modern convenience of Nexus Closing empowers lenders to hand over the keys on a high note. Learn more at simplenexus.com. The FOMC concluded its two-day policy meeting yesterday with the unanimous interest rate decision of pause, not stop, keeping its benchmark rate range from 5% to 5.25%, as well as the door open for future rate hikes. While the pause was widely predicted via much foreshadowing by Fed officials, the dot plot used by analysts to predict Fed activities showed two more rate hikes projected in 2023 for up to 50 basis points which would make for an overnight rate as high as 5.6%, making the decision a hawkish pause, or skip. This is the first pause since the Federal Reserve began a historically aggressive round of monetary tightening 15 months ago, hiking the Fed funds rate 10 times for a total of 500 basis points. However, there is plenty of hawkishness in the accompanying commentary and in Chair Powell's press conference. Powell went out of his way to remind market participants that it may raise rates down the line as the Fed remains focused on taming inflation and bringing it back in line with its 2% target. With inflation cooling, though the core reading is still above 5%, and America's employment picture remaining robust, the unemployment rate sits below 4%, the Fed certainly has rationale for more raises. Let's now wait and see how it all shakes out until the Fed's next meeting in July. The Fed is hoping to bring the post-pandemic U.S. economy in for a gentle landing and judged it prudent to hold rates steady given how quickly they've risen, wanting to take time to assess. Powell added that the pause is a continuation of its moderating pace of policy measures, and the full effects of the Fed's tightening have yet to be felt at a time when inflation has already decelerated to 4%. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show First Signature Lendings, Matt Bridgman, to talk about all aspects of the Construction to Permanent, or CTP, space. He's the VP, Director of Origination and Market Development at First Signature Lending, a third-generation home builder and masonry contractor with a 17-year career in residential home building and commercial lending. He started his career with First Signature Lending in 2017, and First Signature is a boutique lender specializing in one-time close construction to permanent loans. Before we came on, you'd said this is this is actually a time when people are very thirsty for information, seeking information, what's going on in the industry, it's tough out there. Uh that almost that almost creates more of a propensity to try and digest this information than when times are good and and you know, it's easy to make money. So, this is an interview that I'm excited about. It's the construction to permanent space or CTP space, which is has certainly gained notoriety here recently because 
there's a dearth of inventory and and building historically home building historically leads the economy out of recession so it's a very timely interview i'm excited to have you i want to start by asking you to explain the construction to permanent space for our listeners uh everything from the process to the way the loans are underwritten and and timelines uh the the floor is yours sir Thank you so much, Robbie. Thank you for having me on. It, it is a true honor to be able to speak to your audience. And no one ever asks about construction to perm. We do use the term CTP. Sometimes you'll hear it uh, OTC as in one-time close. Uh, but no one ever asks about that in the middle of a right, refi boom, ever. We, we kind of get in our little niche, our little, our little process there. The construction of perm loan, I tell people this, and I start, especially when I'm talking to people within the industry. I said, when you talk about qualified mortgages, there are two that stand out that are significantly more difficult to do than any other any other product, and that's reverse mortgages, and that is one-time close construction of perm loans. Now, in a flip, like we've seen in the market and economy, those products do have tremendous value because there is such a great need for them, but there's a need for a reason. There's a reason why lenders don't play in this space. Um, I am honored to be here at First Signature Lending because not only do we do we talk about construction to perm, but 100% of our referrals come from our build partners. And just like you said, being associated with builders is so important right now because if there is no inventory, you need to associate yourself with the only people that can create it. With a construction to perm loan, what makes it so difficult isn't actually the sales or the origination of the actual loan. What, what does make that difficult is the turn time. If you think about it, not when you're going and building into a community. You see these large track builders, DR Horton, KB Homes, they have these communities and then they put up spec homes, then you can come and do a pre-sale, but that works just like a traditional loan. But when you talk about construction to perm, it's geared more to those that are building on their own lot. So it's a borrower or a veteran that either has inherited family land or found land. It tends to be a little bit more rural. Right, a little bit outside of, of, of a major city or even a major suburb. And so it answers that call for people that are looking to live a little further out. But what you have there is you have additional risk for both your builder and your lender. When you do a single close construction of perm loan and you process that loan, you have to think of it not as you're processing just a single loan, but there are two loans involved. There's a construction portion and there's permanent financing. You close permanent financing up front. That means if anything happens during construction, you closed on a veteran. The VA program, I tell everybody, is the strongest program you you can have if you qualify for it. But that veteran, you know, 100% finance, no money down, not any really skin in the game. If something happens on someone else's land and they break rock and it's going to cost another $10,000 in order to get foundation up, then there is an absolute art even on the lending side. That's where lenders make mistakes. They think it's just a loan, but you are actually underwriting and processing a construction piece. And you have to do that to mitigate your risk. When you're taking on, uh, especially here, over 95% of our loans are government-backed, FHA, VA, USDA, right? These are blue-collar men and women, men and women that go to go the job with their, with their names on their shirts, they're passionate about home ownership. Many of them didn't think they could build a new home. But we've carved out a path and a process to allow that to happen. And so it differs in a few ways. The first way, if we talk about the sales way, not just the construction piece, but if we talk about on the sales side, for someone to go find land and then they have a builder, right? 
And then they take that builder, they have to get into contract. And then the builder has to go out and do a site estimate. All those things, instead of a 30-day origination cycle, right, it's a 90-day. That's the time a referral hits our door till we can get it closed. Now, once we get contract and appraisal order, we're going to close it in 30 days or less, just like any loan. But that timetable, that 90 days, and then you have a whole nother draw administration in, in the construction portion once it closes. And that's that's really where the risk is mitigated. There's tremendous value for a lender uh, in the construction of perm space. But you have to know how to mitigate your risk. And your risk isn't on the loan side. It's on the construction side. So is that risk why a lot of originators don't do it? Is it that the application process for borrowers is difficult? Why, why are the... What are the biggest reluctancies for, for companies or individuals to engage in CTP? It's almost two different areas there. Uh, the reason why and a lot of those risks I talk about, obviously, that's why a a, a lender, right? That's why a bank uh, hesitates to do construction of perm because you could originate and close loans. You've closed on permanent financing up front, but you can't deliver that loan to secondary. You can't sell that loan. You can't even uh, start to service that loan if you're servicing and if you're portfolioing the product until the home is built. Lender, and so you could wake up one day and really quickly, you could have 30, 40, 50, $100 million plus on your books of starting getting completed because you didn't appropriately manage that risk on there. From the origination side, when times are good, right? Originators, they're salespeople. I, I, I manage, I have 15 originators here. I have 13 account executives out in the field. They, they go where water is. Naturally, salespeople do. During when the market's really good and, and you can refi and, and uh, really turn files quickly, that gives you that motivation. That gives you that feel good. That, that triggers in the back of a salesperson's mind to be able to do that. But when you do that, that is absolutely what we call red ocean because it's cutthroat. People are bleeding out. Everybody is. It almost becomes just rate slinging. We've done it first century lending. And what I've done and chosen in my entire career is, is I get really good at a product that is a little more difficult than I would compete against a whole ocean of people. There are tremendous risks with it, but it is that longer turn time. It's 90 days. You've got to build your pipeline based on turning business in 90 days instead of 30 days if you're if you're an actual originator. Well, you say it's a more difficult product. Are there common products or, or terms in the CTP space? You know, in the in the you know traditional residential lending, it's thirty year fixed rate mortgage, a seven one arm, that sort of thing. What what goes on in the CTP space? There's not a lot of variable rates from a lending side. The terms are the same. Okay, now there are some terms, especially when you do a product, you develop a product, and to really be successful in construction of perm. Uh, you don't really need to third party anything. You have to in-house everything from your draw administration, e every single piece of it. You can't third party your process, processing, your underwriting. You have to really keep it in-house. And there's some terms within each office. Even if you go to another construction firm, they have the others. What the difference in the terms is, is understanding the construction terms, right? You're dealing with builders all over the country. And so when you're processing a loan, you have to understand how to read a contract and understand that someone may refer to a uh, the difference, just for instance, the difference between a perk test and a soil analysis. Which one is better? Which one is worse? So the change in terms is different because you do have to learn the construction piece. And how would you characterize the current market? Uh, everything, everything we're hearing uh, in the overall mortgage space is that times are tough. Uh, you know, 
the the demand right be, might be there, but supply is not there. What's going on in the CTP space? It it is vastly different, and it's different uh, based on um, you know uh, your build type. Uh, it's wild because I, I do stay engaged. You know, I listen to your podcast. I listen to a whole host of uh, industry news. Talk to people in the industry. Um, right now, uh, in our state coverage, which we're in eighteen states, we are actually seeing uh, ten to fifteen percent year over year increase in our referrals. Um, what has happened is is that especially when you talk about construction perm, the manufactured section and the modular home section has now become an affordable solution. Well, that naturally lends itself to construction to perm. Someone has family land and they want to put that home up on there. We've seen massive growth because of the increase of, of, of demand on houses. Now, what I've also seen on the flip side, we, we, have, we are very fortunate. And actually, right now, we're so fortunate that I've, I'm, I've actually rolled out nationwide. And I am pushing to try to double my loan officer pool because I actually have more referrals generating uh, right now than, than my current capacity can even handle. I have to scale up quickly because of that affordable home solution. The uh, manufactured modular home, it has become the new starter home. And in the new construction space, the lenders that will tackle, think about it for just a second, a VA or USDA, for instance, single close construction to perm loan, right? Uh, that That's a pretty small group. So we've seen a mass influx. Now, I have seen lenders, we've seen very large lenders jump into the CTP space because they have no other way to gain yield. Uh, lenders right now are losing money originating loans. Uh, you do not lose money originating loans in general on a construction to perm product. So we are seeing lenders work in, but what happens is that they don't have their processes in line. I can give you a checklist of mistakes they make, and they may close a lot of loans up front, but they did not mitigate the risk properly and they're going to hurt themselves, they're going to hurt the borrower, they're going to hurt the builder referral in there, because we are seeing a lot of people jump in that space. But as far as an overall market, we've actually never had more referrals come in the door than we do right now. Well, yeah, any, any LOs out there that are looking for work, hit up Matt Bridgman at uh, First Signature Lending. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So I kind of want to ask a, a two-part question here then. What are the, those common mistakes that are made in, in CTP lending. And then also if you could address some common misconceptions that might be out there, those, those would both be great. Sure. Common mistakes that are um, made in, in, in the construction to perm space as for a lender as a whole is thinking that you can third party source everything. We naturally want to go to that. Uh, it's like I talked about before. It's about developing your process in house. Uh, there's also some mistakes some of these lenders make as far as hedging and some, some really kind of secret sauce information, but, uh, and, and the way they actually structure the loan, uh, in order for that loan to go to permanently closed into modification. But, uh, some, some simple mistakes that lenders make is just not choosing the right builder referral partners. Uh, relationships matter, uh, above all else. Uh, we've, we've seen that now more than ever. The originators out there that are successful are the ones that have built on relationships you can't just go out and and you've never been able to flip a switch and start buying up construction of perm leads. That doesn't exist in the market, actually. So everything you do is built on relationships. And who you partner with and the relationship you have with your builder, that, that right there can either make you or break you. I have a whole computer system that tells me whether a bar is a good risk or not a good risk. It's still just a loan. But there is no computer system that tells you strategically 
how do you partner with the very best builders in America in order to be successful for your bars and veterans? And so those are some um, kind of common mistakes that uh, we see when it comes to um, uh, for originators, as well as, you know, the risk that lenders take in as a whole. And, and common misconceptions. Absolutely. Uh, some misconceptions about the uh, CTP space is that it takes forever to close the loan. Uh, it does not take forever to close the loan. Uh, it takes a while for them to gain contract. Uh, it may take them a while to find land. But if you appropriately, as an originator, manage your pipeline, knowing that, it's just a matter of really getting started. You know, it, it is a 90-day sales cycle. But once you season your pipeline, an originator cloak can close every 30 days because now they have a healthy amount of, of loans coming in. Uh, so from a, I, I don't think it's as hard from an originator standpoint as people make it out to be. Yes, there's more complexities, but especially if you're familiar with lending within a government space on a traditional file, a lot of this feels the same. You have to curve the gap on some of the construction pieces, but a lot of the risk is happening in the back of the house. A lot of the secret sauce is happening once the loan is closed. For an originator, it's still just a loan. There's two loans in there. There's a construction and a permit loan. But once you get your pipeline seasoned, loan officers think it just takes too long to close. They'll never make any money. No, you just need two cycles. You need a 180 days to get your pipeline seasoned. And once that pipeline starts cycling over then and you manage it appropriately, then uh, you can uh, you can close loans at the same function as you were if you were just doing traditional existing homes. And finally, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. You say you're you're over capacity right now. What are you doing to win business at at first signature lending? What what are you doing so well over there? Uh, I think so, some of it is the nature of the market. Some of the things are the ones we talked about, and something I already mentioned. It's that we partnered strategically with the correct builders. I tell every builder, even when people come in the market, um, I say, you know, uh, I see a new competitor come in I, and, and a builder may be weighing them out. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell them instantly, I'll say, anyone can close the loan. It's a loan. I'm going to fund you faster and I'm going to partner with you in a way that allows you to be able to turn that business because that's what builders care about. Right. The salespeople at the builder's offices obviously want to sell the home. But the builder as a whole, when you're managing those executive and that ownership levels, it is at the core of the relationship. The second thing that we're doing to win business and winning over our, our relationships with our build partners is that we don't we don't just let everything go. It can be anything from a short appraisal or a tough file. We're not scared to tackle anything to make that dream happen. And that's culturally here. I love being here at First Central Lending because our culture is to really drive those blue collar bars, those veterans, giving them affordable brand new home solutions. And so once you partner, once you get in uh, in depth with a builder and you have that kind of type of relationship with that builder, then that even grows. Even when an economy gets tough, a, a builder is going to lean. Builders are, uh, we have build partners that are down as well, but they are leaning heavier into their established relationships because they know what we can do. So at the core of it, it's it's setting out, it's strategically planning and having those correct strategic relationships. That's what we're doing to win business. Very well put. Matt, really appreciate you making the time for me today. This is great. Love you. Absolutely. And uh, hopefully we'll have you back on sometime soon. Anytime, Robbie. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a, uh, a, a voice for the industry. 
You know what I mean? The, the variety of guests you bring on is fantastic to really bring knowledge at a time in which there's a lot of angst out there uh, in, in the mortgage space. Th- I want to I want to thank you for that. Very kind words. Thank you. With GDP up, unemployment down, CPI and PPI going marginally in the Fed's desired direction. We learned yesterday that the producer price index benignly declined 0.3% month over month in May to register up 1.1% for the year, which is below the Fed's target rate for inflation. Another 25 basis points hike is currently priced in for the July meeting. The likelihood of an additional hike after that has also increased, given the dot plot and the lack of credit crunch the Fed was expecting from the banking sector. Banking challenges have already resulted in a tight credit environment, and the threat of further hikes will only further slow economic activity. But lenders care about mortgage rates, and they've generally increased in the past month. And this has slowed the pace of housing market activity, as potential home buyers have been very sensitive to any changes in rates this year. The yield on the 10-year U.S. Treasury is sitting around 3.8%. That normally means the 30-year mortgage rate would be around 5.6%. However, mortgage rates have been near 7% recently, so there's the potential for a decline as we progress through the year. With poultry rates jumping, the selling needs of originators have jumped significantly as pipelines extend with poultry rates rising. It's certainly notable that pipelines are much more reactive to rate moves now than they were in early 2023. After the Fed's decision, the yield curve immediately flipped from calm steepener to angry bear flattener on the news, and the twos tens spread went as far as 95 basis points inverted, and two-year treasury notes are now officially in technical no-man's land. Some yield curve steepening is desperately needed. Today's calendar is packed with market-moving potential, starting with the latest rate decision from the European Central Bank, a 0.25% to 3.50% as expected, and ECB head Lagarde's press conference. The U.S. calendar is underway with retail sales, up 0.3% and excluding auto up 0.1%, stronger than expected, Empire and Philadelphia Fed Manufacturing, in at 6.6, a huge dump, and down 13.7, respectively. Weekly jobless claims, in at 262,000 unchanged, and import-export prices, imports were down 0.6%. Later today brings May industrial production and capacity utilization, April business inventories, treasury auction sizes for next week's reopened 20-year bonds and 5-year tips, and Freddie Mac's primary mortgage market survey. We begin the day with the two-year up at 4.74%, agency MBS prices roughly unchanged from the ugly Wednesday afternoon, and the 10-year yielding 3.81 after closing yesterday at 3.80%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. All right, well, yesterday I touted your joke-telling prowess really? to the, the audience of the podcast. I am good. You I are good. Jokes. Yeah. Is that is that a joke? <laughs> Well, yeah. Let's hear it. The floor is yours. The floor is mine. Okay. Well, you know, I just came back from Scotland. Played St. Andrews, right? That's true. And uh, those Irish and the, and the Scottish, they are the joke-telling people. So I learned a couple things there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things is, uh, do you know what they call a, mo- uh, a mulligan in Scotland? No. <laughs> it's your third shot. But hopefully we have some golfers that yeah, listen to well. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went out to some pubs. A little 
did a little drinking. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know what a dung beetle is? You know, I told that one yesterday. You told the dung beetle joke? I, was, I had to tell something in your honor. But you can tell it. You oh. might be able to tell it better than me. A dung beetle walks into a bar. A dung beetle does walk into a bar. What's he say? Is the stool taken? <laughs> is the stool taken? I thought that was mm, hilarious. Losing in listeners by the second. You got a you joke that can make them laugh? Another one. Whoa. Okay. So, um, oh, what do you call an Irishman who's sitting around uh, in the yard? Mm. Patio furniture. Patio furniture. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. <laughs> no, thanks for asking. Any other? <laughs> you want more jokes? No, I don't need more jokes. Okay. just want to know if there are any other. All right, thanks, Robbie. Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, the homeownership platform that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution that spans engagement, origination, closing, incentive compensation, and business intelligence. To learn more about Simple Nexus and Encino Company, visit simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcasts from.